All right, welcome in everybody for another episode centering around the warlords of the warlord era in the old Star Wars expanded universe. We'll be covering the Greater Maldrood. So the Greater Maldrood was one of the imperial factions that splintered from the Greater Empire after the death of Palpatine. Led by Admiral Truton Teradoc aboard his flagship, a Victory II class Crimson Command styled Star Destroyer, the Maldrood controlled the Permian Trade Route, a major trade route along the Mid Rim Worlds, and was very self sufficient, at least economically. Though it would not be one of the more major Imperial players in the Warlord era, the Greater Maldrood did pose a significant threat. Ironically enough, not to the New Republic, but to the other Imperial factions. The Maldrood was situated in the dead middle of the Galactic Conflict, warring with Zinj to the north, the Huts to the southeast, Hapens and the New Republic skirting their borders as well. The Maldrood would war against factions like Zinj's Empire and the forces of Admiral Terran Rodrus especially after Zinj's defeat above Dathomir. After Zinj's death, Rodrus retained a majority of Zinj's military assets. And after a short campaign leading into the and after a short campaign leading to the Ferrier Junction, Rodrus was defeated by Teradoc, who would absorb his forces by right of conquest. Teradoc would suffer some defeats at the hands of the likes of Admiral Akbar, however though not big enough defeats to really curtail his efforts against his imperial counterparts. Being very economically sound, the Greater Maldrood would command some significant military assets. Chief among these would be the vast fleet of red-painted Victory-class Star Destroyers of the Crimson Command, which was originally under Warlord Zinj's command. The Maldrood would also command a Bellator-class Star Dreadnought, Imperial 1 and 2-class Star Destroyers, several Interdictor Cruisers, Escort-class Carriers, Crusader-class Corvettes, and hundreds of IPV-1 system patrol crafts. Uniquely, the Maldrood would also utilize heavy use of the ARC-170s that had not seen galactic-wide use since the Clone Wars. This, along with the TIE Avenger, made up their main starfighter core. The forces of the Greater Maldrood, like those of some other Imperial factions, did not yield to the likes of Sate Pastage and Isani Isard's commands to direct Imperial military efforts and ignored their summons to the core worlds held by the remnants of the Imperial ruling council. Teradoc would, however, flocked to the call of the reborn Emperor Palpatine, bringing his forces to Biss, along with his brother, Admiral Kosh Teradoc, and his own separate fleets. Although after the reborn Empire suffered setback and eventually defeat at Onderon, the Maldrud's forces were severely depleted and scattered, being forced to give ground in many sectors to their several enemies surrounding them while they scrambled to regroup. Admiral Kosh 
would order his brother to gather the Maldrude's remaining forces and join his stronghold in the Deep Core. It was there that the brothers would form the Federated Teradoc Union, where they would recruit one of the best military leaders of the era, Gilad Pelion, to lead their forces. It was there that they would also war against the neighboring Zero Command, led by Blitzer Harsk. The Maldrude would be dissolved and absorbed into the Greater Imperial Remnant after Natasi Dalla convinced Gilad Pelion to help her bring the majority of the remaining warlords, including Truton Teradoc, together at Toss Beacon to meet out a reunification of the broken and warring empire. It would be at this summit that Dalla would trap the warlords in a conference room and gas them all, effectively killing off the remaining bulk of the Imperial leadership, excluding the likes of Pelion and Admiral Kosh Teradoc. Dalla would appoint Pelion as her second in command, as they would trek across the galaxy to ensure that all Imperial territories would fall in line and submit to the rule of the Remnant. The Greater Maldrud was mostly significant in that it was a resource and proving ground for aspiring mil military leaders like Kosh Teradoc and Gilad Pelion. It wasn't a major headway against any of its enemies. It was trading victories and defeats with the New Republic, the Huts, the Hapens, Zero Command, making no great progress in its expansion during its short-lived existence. I would say its greatest contribution would be giving Gilad Pelian a field of war to cut his teeth on and make a name for himself after the death of Grand Admiral Thrawn. Between his tenure as Thrawn's right hand, his dealings with the Pentastar alignment, and his heading up of the Greater Maldrude's forces, leading the dreaded Crimson Command while doing so, it was no wonder while Pelion garnered the fear and respect of all of the other warlords and leaders across the Imperial factions. Enough so that they would answer his call to a summit, where they would not heed those of Pestage, Thrawn, or Isard. The only other Imperial leader to inspire such loyalty and respect was the reborn Emperor Palpatine. So, suffice to say, the Maldrude was more of a transitory force rather than a major player in terms of galactic impact, like the Imperial Remnant, or the New Republic, or even the Hapens. It's a really fun little faction, though. They have some very cool ships, a, a few kick-ass leaders, some cool stories and campaigns, and they're kind of an underdog to play as in the Empire of War game. Not my favorite faction by far, not even the top three, but they're definitely fun, and they've got a bunch of unique and interesting things going on for them. So I'd say overall, they're not uh, in any way a major playing force, uh, like how Thrawn was, or uh, later Thrawn's Empire of the Hand, the Chiss Ascendancy, the Hapens. They, they weren't a consistent threat uh, there wasn't too much in the ways of, you know, anything sort of mysterious going on with them. 
Uh, they didn't harbor any dark Jedi like the Pentastar alignment did. Uh, no Inquisitors. They they didn't have any anybody like Admiral Cronus. Uh, yeah, they they were really just kind of there for Pelion to use to make a name for himself, which is very significant because Pelion would be the Imperial leader to last out of the Warlord era and uh, help bring peace between what remained of the Empire and the New Republic. Uh, He would also be a significant leader in the Yuzheng Vong War. He he would also be significant in uh, some of the very last stories after the uh, Second Galactic Civil War, with Jason Solo, uh, and eventually what happens a uh, hundred, some or probably close to a hundred years later, uh, with the Fell Empire. The what what was left of the Imperial Remnant with the Pentastar alignment would eventually become the Fell Empire. Um, and if if you couldn't tell by the name, uh, the Fell Empire were the descendants of Jagged Fell and Jaina Solo. Jaina Solo being Han and Leia's kid, who married the son of Baron Sunterfell, an ace pilot and hero of the Empire, uh, Jagged Fell. Jagged Fell was this ace Imperial pilot who fell in love with Jaina Solo and... They, I don't know. They, they don't have a kid uh, in the books, but I mean, obviously, they go on to rename the uh, empire the Fell Empire. So um, they obviously establish some sort of heretical uh, imperial caste system. But yeah, Pelion, if they didn't have him, there would be no Fell Empire, there would be no imperial remnant. I think they would have all just torn each other to pieces. So yeah, this really could have been a Gilad Pelion episode. <laughs> it was just as much about him as it was the greater Maldrude. Something that is kind of fun for me to think of is how would each of these factions fare up against, say, the new canon factions? Uh, I think the old EU factions completely obliterate the new canon factions because... The First Order is very small, military-wise. They they don't have a lot of assets. They don't have a lot of resources. Um, they But what they do have is pretty top-of-the-line. It's high-tech, high-quality. Their TIE fighters have shields that can go in hyperspace. They have, torpedo, have tracking torpedoes. They have turbo-laser batteries. Like, they... <laughs> Well, not turbo la- uh, quad lasers. They have quad laser batteries, but there's not that many of them. They're very specialized. I I think the old empire's tactics of uh, numbers and quantity over quality would overwhelm the first order, and uh, they'd be wiped out pretty easy. So if you put them up against Thrawn or the Pentastar alignment or the Greater Maldrude, 
uh, I think those three factions should all realize very quickly that in order to take out a First Order task force, they need to have abundant, overwhelming force. And that's really the only way that they're going to do it. Uh, the weakest of these three factions, being the Greater Maldrude, um, though they do have probably one of the better military leaders aside from Thrawn, uh, I think Thrawn would eviscerate the First Order. And he'd do it pretty easily. He uses all of these really unconventional tactics. He, he cloaks asteroids. He, he uses a ton of uh, Sparty cloning technology uh, to really, really quickly fill out all of these dreadnoughts that he finds. Um, he, he makes greater use of smaller military assets against overwhelming numbers. So, yeah, I, I think give Thrawn command of any sizable fleet, and he's, he's going to take the First Order out pretty handily. Which is really sad, because, and uh, again, I hate being that guy that's like, oh, well, in the old stuff, or in the books, but we've had like 40 years of it. So it's kind of hard not to do that, especially when, you know, my first 20 years were all that. It, it was just all of the old books and the games and video games, and that's kind of the, the secondary Star Wars that raised me, I guess. So it's really hard not to do a compare and contrast. So, yes, that is the Greater Maldrude. And that is all I have time for today, guys. Uh, but thank you all for tuning back in and stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained. We have a few more factions to get through. And I'll do a mega episode with all of the really small factions uh, at the end of this run. So, yeah, stick around. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all.